uh, I, the apple fell incredibly, incredibly far from the tree. <laughs>
<laughs> I trained them well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a fantastic weekend. Um, sportsmanship, level of play, everything was just top notch. I got to see bits and pieces of hundreds of super talented uh, players and games get played. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was just a, an amazing weekend. Um, the the location where we have it at is always always works out really nicely. We didn't have carpet this year, which kind of sucked. So my my knees are on WTC territory right now. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a, an overall great weekend. Uh, I got to watch some of my close friends do extremely well. Um, half of Team Canada plus Jason Sparks took the win, and along with the win, they took they each got a golden ticket to take home for uh, shameful, shameful of the tournament to allow Chris Gaines to win a golden ticket. Man's not been relevant in about twenty years, and he's got a golden <laughs> ticket. Yeah, but he won Adepticon teams last weekend. And teams and and can ever teams this weekend. So man's on a roll. The second any of those represent an achievement, I'll let you know. Um. <laughs> he's also become insufferable in uh, in person because he's constantly referring to himself as the champion. The eternal god captain of Canada can only win. Yeah, um, but even more importantly, a very good friend of mine and friend of the show, uh, Dan Morris, uh, led a team of locals to third place and i have on good authority that several members several players and captains who were in attendance did not think that dan's team was very good and learned very quickly that they were actually extremely good at both pairings and playing the game um one of their players uh, who i'd actually recommended to dan as a when he was looking for his fifth uh ali was playing the 20 warden list and she would go down as their defender, and then she scored, I think it was 79 points across five games. Nice. Very impressive. 10, 20, 20, 20, and then the only game that she actually lost was a nine-point game against Francoise World Eaters. It's very well fought. Massive congratulations to those guys. Uh, Dan has been doing a lot of work with GSD recently and put in some absolute work at the event. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he was talking to me. And before Canhammer teams, he had played 95 games with GSC since November. Like, and, and a lot of the local practice partners, myself included, have really noticed that improvement. But the biggest part is that um, he did all of the prep work as captain for the team. So including figuring out pairings, um, figuring out how to... <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Live stream with Kiri getting interrogated. Yeah, I, it's beautiful and sunny out, and I don't have blinds, so I'm just washed out. I don't care. It's beautiful out. I'm getting sunlight. You're washed out. Christine's washed up. Like it's all coming in, coming in. <laughs> Come on. The, uh, just because I'm not playing an event, how could you be so cruel? <laughs> oh, and now I need to go find an event that I can get a ticket at because I can't let Haynes go without me. Exactly. It's honestly just. But shoddy. yeah, overall, just fantastic event. Everyone was. Truly sporting. Um, one of the semi-local teams, uh, Bloodbath and Beyond, they actually sent three teams up. Uh, their main team it's finished second, and one of their backup teams won best sport. And it was a un it was a unanimous best sport. All five of their opponents voted for them. And I can say that for them, they are some of the friendliest, nicest guys to play into, um, even when they're trying to kick your teeth in. As as well they should, frankly. Yeah. No, uh, no it yeah, sounded like it, an awesome event. I was getting some uh, some rundowns on uh, what was going on from uh, from all across the spectrum. So it was super awesome to see it go down. It's always been one of those events. It's like I would like to do that one year. It does look like a good event. 
Oh, it's it's always a fantastic event. Perfect. Oh, but yourself, Ennis, what have you been up to? I didn't do anything of consequence this weekend. Not that I can talk about anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, so um, I attended Home Nations this weekend, which is one of those. Uh, it's For me, it's the second most important event on the calendar for the year and the one I don't get to talk about much because it's it's billed as a prep event for the WC teams. So it's the five British Isles teams. So uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, England, and then Belgium are the six core teams. And then we invite two teams from across Europe. So this year we had uh, a Swedish team and a Netherlands team. And we get together and we do uh, five rounds of eight-man WC prep with theoretically our WC teams. And this is it's fantastic practice for us. We get, you know, we get to blood some people in, get them a bit of experience of playing against other national teams at that level, you know, four months before WTC. Um, we don't put, we don't put the list anywhere. You know, we run it on Tourney Keeper rather than Best Coast Bearings, so you can hide it and other people can't see it unless you got the link from somebody, which some people did. Um, some some captains posted the list documents on their Twitter. You know, things like this. Uh, there's always funny bits like that. But the idea is that it's not um, it's not public, so that we can all fully commit and we can all play. You know, as close to what we'd be planning on doing for as possible. This year feels a little irrelevant uh, and as far as the lists go because with 10th edition coming out the corner and WTC having voted for if it's out by the 7th of July we're playing 10th ed, uh, which hopefully it will be given they're already on preview articles and things like that now. Um, so it was more for the, the perspective of getting people used to working with our coaches, getting people, you know, ingrained on the systems, doing matrices, playing against other people of this skill level. Uh, which was fantastic. Um, it was one of the best weekends of 40k I've ever attended because I played five very easy games of 40k where I showed up with Iron Hands and went go away. Uh, well, four and one, four and one tough one, um, uh, which was great, good fun. Um, and we, as a team, managed to go two, two, and one. Uh, with our loss being to England, draws against Netherlands and Belgium, who are doing really well. Uh, and we managed with that to come second overall at the event because it turns out with with eight teams, if you draw the other two teams that that made top cut and lost to the team that went that beat all of the teams they played you come second uh which was super awesome so we got a bunch of learning in um figured out some weaknesses in like the way we had done our practice for the event the way we had built lists the way we had assigned players even uh, got a lot of prep with our coach our coach nick was an absolute hero uh, i would say hands down the two rounds we won were because of nick um just being incredibly good at feeding information back and forth at his first out in coaching um so i look forward to seeing exactly what he can do at wtc uh, when we've got, you know, three months to prep with what he's learned from this one, he's going to be fantastic. Um, but yeah, besides that, not a lot I can really say about it. Besides, if you ever get the opportunity, uh, if your country ever gets invited and you're there, you should definitely attend because it's a fantastic event. Uh, also, we went out to like 3 and 4 a.m. doing karaoke, which was great. Uh, and I'm still <laughs> sleeping it off, I'm not going to lie. Um, and Liam VSL has a wonderful, wonderful singing voice for um, Hotel California. It's very important that you know that that in a in a French accent is something else. Good to know. Is it a Belgian accent? Yeah, but he's French Belgian, so it's like <laughs> you know, basically French. He'd tell basically me off for saying French, that. Ninety-five percent French. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we're so gonna yeah, talk fantastic about... weekend. But but besides that, I've only done like you know my life of forty k. Um, but yeah, most, mostly just Home Nations, uh, which was in Wales this year, which is the first time I've been to Wales, and I'm never going back. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you in six years when I have to go back. That'll be it. <laughs> so no, that's been that's been me. Um, as far as anything else 4K-wise, I've been, I'm playing Gene Circles for Alpine Cup. 
uh, in a couple of weeks, which is going to be super awesome. Uh, that's the team event I'm attending with Brian, Anthony, Typhus, and Pumba. Um, we spent like four days deliberating on this and then hard audible to two hours before with three two players factions. That you know, standard great. stuff. Um, How Typhus respond to that? <laughs> Typhus was one of the people who hard swapped lists. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we basically, I took a picture of Brian's face at Home Nations while he was playing Orcs, and he looked so happy, so we bullied him into taking Orcs. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we ended, up, we ended up not submitting Guard, which feels blasphemous, but also skill-ishy, so we'll be fine. Reasonable. If it's going to make a player miserable all weekend, it's not worth bringing. Well, if it was Anthony, I would have done it, but... We had to be on guard. There's a thought. <laughs> <laughs> he hated Tau. Man, Guard must just be even worse for him, actually. So yeah, we ended up submitting Iron Hands, Orcs, Craft World, Craft World or Necrons? Craft World, I think. Uh, Gene Circult and uh, World Leaders for that. That's solid. Yeah, it should be good. But there's a really good German team going. There's a really good uh, Italian team going. Um, I think there's another... There's, I think there's two really good Polish teams going, actually. Uh, it's going to be scary. Uh, it's going to be a great event, though. So I'm really looking forward to it. And we'll. I think we're having somebody on talk about alpine next week because anthony flies over uh, so anthony, should, i don't yeah. know if we'll be available yeah. um i should check what my teammates are playing that's probably a good thing to do anyway yeah, yeah let's move on to stats because that'll do cool. all right let's talk about stats i don't know why nobody cares anymore no one really cares <laughs> no one cares <laughs> but i'm gonna talk about how terrible the meta we've is. still got at least two and a half months of playing ninth edition people are going to stop going to events so people still care and if I we know. stop caring, people will stop caring. So we have to at least maintain some slender of decor. Here. Fine. <laughs> but this is like the double, this feels double dead meta because supposedly it, a balanced data sheet is coming out very soon. Next week. Next week. Is it actually? The, in the, well, in the March uh, meta watch, they mentioned that it would be coming after Depticon and after Easter. They said after Easter in that article? Yes. Okay. So my oh. expectation is that we'll see it next Thursday. Oh, we should be Necrons. Ignore me. I have no idea what we're playing. Well, um, you weren't <laughs> sure if it was Grapples or Necrons. That's fine. They just score. All right. Well, I'll talk about the meta, though, that is going to be dead in, like, another couple of weeks because a data slate is going to come out and change everything, hopefully, because the meta is kind of not super amazing at the moment, although this week's data on a weekly basis is kind of interesting because you see at least one faction rise from the grave which is interesting. Um, at the top, though, we have Gene Steeler Colt from a pure win rate perspective. Uh, they had a 61.8% win rate, an event win, two top fours and four top tens for an over rep of two. Um, <laughs> talk to me about that big thickums dead meta. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about the big thickums double dead meta just for Tim because he's super chatted to ask. Um, in second place is Dark Angels who haven't gone anywhere. Um, 29 players for a 5.1% representation, 59.4% win rate, one event win, three top fours, seven top tens, and a 1.47 over rep. So perfectly balanced. Totally balanced. Perfectly That's balance okay. is 50%, actually, but, you know, go off, I guess. Uh, world Eaters, 5.6% meta representation, a 58.2% meta, and a complete and utter inability to close out the deal with zero event wins, four top fours, and nine top tens. And an almost two over rep at 1.78. So our RTT and mid table terrors that are our world leader friends, except for Anthony, um, 
continue their bout of terror, just not at GTs. Yep. Ast and then the we have Astro. Lord Invocantus. Yep, he avocado can't, or avo can't. Um, Astro Miller's Harm are the next one up. They have a 7.4% meta representation, a 57.7% win rate. So it looks like guard players have started to figure things out. With two event wins, four top fours, and 13 top tens, and an overrep of 1.35. So Astra Militarum players seem to have figured out how to win. Uh, they won two events last week, I believe, and then two events again this week. So we're starting to see a lot of event wins come in. Um, we can break down some of the sub-faction data in a little bit. Uh, Chaos Demons are basically our perennial top five candidate, no matter what the situation is at this point, with 35 players, 6.2% meta representation, and a 56.6% win rate. No event wins, but three top fours and eight top ten for a 1.2. I don't think Chaos Demons are going anywhere. I think they're always just going to be in our top five to ten at this point. They are very good, and you should consider them when you're doing stuff. Uh, Iron Hands are in sixth place. 6% meta representation, a 56.3% win rate, which is inevitably a 70% win rate if you just consider successors. With an event win, three top fours and seven top tens for a 1.25. I'll pull up that data in just a second from the metadata dashboard, or Jeremy can pull it up in just a minute from the spreadsheet that we lovingly use. Yeah, Master Artisan's Whirlwind of Rage. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at like a month's data. If we just look at this weekend... Do, 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 Iron Hands, they are so good. Master Artisan's Whirlwind Rage had a 62% win rate this weekend. Okay, so not quite 70, but it's 62. That's respectable. And that's yeah, just for the one. Me and Brian were both at home nations, so. It's true. <laughs> it's true. We missed out on our 70% Iron Hands win rate because two of the better players were away. And Nas is there as well. So yeah, like, Nas is there as well. And then Francois was at a team event this weekend. And so yeah, doesn't Francois play long range marksman anyway? That doesn't even count. No, he takes he he, he plays Master Artisan's Whirlwind. Okay, he moves back. Good. I was it's worried. Uh, for it's Mark that Mark Hurdle that plays the long uh, range in okay. uh, Whirlwind. He should stop doing that. Then we have two factions that are probably not surprising to everybody, but are a little surprising to me. Um, Craftroot Lodar are still good. Six point three percent minimata, two event wins, six top fours, seven top tens, and a two point three seven overrep. They had almost a fifty five percent win rate. And then a faction I actually thought was just dead, and I'm kind of confused as to how they won anything, to be totally honest, although I'm assuming somebody looked at their list, is Tyranids. 3.7% of the meta, a 47% <laughs> win rate, two Fuck event you, wins. Fuck you, Tyranids players. Stop it. We're trying to get buffs. <laughs> two event wins, two top fours, and three top tens for a 1.35. So I can but confirm, one of those events was the event they played with almost no terrain. So I don't know how they won that. I don't Go know first either. five times with three extra greens. Is that the one effects? where they? Is that the one where they were asking players to bring terrain and making up rules at the table side for the terrain? They were assigning keywords to the terrain. They weren't actually making up rules, but they were basically saying this this piece has this this and that. basically the same thing that people did at Adepticon. In theory, Adepticon had a packet with the way things that were supposed to be keyworded. In theory, <laughs> in theory, in practice, maybe not so much. Tired uh, players, get your shit together. Stop winning games. <laughs> uh, someone's asking about Hail of Doom. Uh, Hail of Doom is holding steady at that perfect balance mark of like 49.5 to 50.5% over the last like month. Is it um, what is it? Is it Swift Strikes and something else that's kind of Swift Strikes Masterful Shots is the one that's the, the Liam VSL and that are playing? That make that would make sense. 
then because I've heard a lot of Swift Strikes talk and chatter in the background. Yeah, there wasn't any this weekend. There was one that took uh, Dark Patrol as well, but it's it just went Liam to yourself it was all missions. Exactly. <laughs> and then I saw that Seth, our favorite orc who doesn't play with transports for some reason, um, had 33 players, a 5.8% meta representation, and a 52% win rate, zero event wins, two top fours, five top tens for a a nearly perfectly balanced 0.86 representation. And they could transport that all the way up by just playing a couple of wagons. They would probably transport it up if Seth would play transports and actually, you know, get good scrub. I don't know. That's what my my thoughts on that. Oh, God. Um, for more about Seth and Orc Anatomy based on what Displux just said in chat, you can go watch Grim After Dark where that I was on on Monday. Yes, uh, do go check it uh, out. At the bottom, and I'll plug them again at the end of the episode, folks. Don't worry about it. At the bottom, uh, we have three factions that had no players. They were all, all Marine chapters. Raven Guard, White Scars, and Crimson Fists now have, have had zero representation. Crimson Fists and Imperial Fists, that's two weeks in a row with not a single one of them in existence, which is a little depressing for them. Um, Imperial Knights are the worst faction currently with more than 10 players as well for this weekend, at least with a 2.6% meta representation and a 28.9% win rate. Wow, my boys, what have wow. you done? <laughs> wow. That's, that's real low. Like that's where it deserves to be, but <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of things that just murder Marines that have high meta representation, like iron hands and dark angels just pick up knights off the table as if they didn't exist in the first it was very funny at uh at can hammer team uh one of my old teams that i had founded they've continued bringing a team of mostly casual guys who go to like one event a year uh they finished ninth kudos to the curious degenerates for that but it was very funny because their captain figured out the trick to putting his guard player into every knight player that they that was on the opposing teams and just 20ing them a trick <laughs> master yeah. this trick of putting the the army exclusively with tools that murder knights <laughs> yeah oh, uh, i was the team that had the um all big things lists do the one that had like the six gladiators the six gladiators and the five critical uh, that was eric's list yeah how did they do uh i will have to look up because i can't remember they not so well they, then <laughs> not particularly well but not terribly if i remember correctly like so the they played chris's team round one and got dumpstered so they went into the fun bracket Shocking. from from the start uh it was very funny they paired the they paired jason sparks deathwing terminators into the five great unclean one list and when turn three hit jason just activated the assault doctrine and picked up three great unclean ones with the with all the thunder hammers because turns out t9 doesn't matter when you can just re-roll all your wounds no, and all of your right. hits from the chaplain yeah, so three great right. unclean sure ones better. the character and the forge world one yeah okay just making sure i understood yeah. it was I three great unclean, unclean ones gabby thax and Rodigus. okay uh oh, Penguin finished 15th so middle of the pack they went two. they went two two and well, one they got two, two ties that round that's fairly impressive hmm that, that round team boron's penguins got two draws that round so come on my blood force trauma couldn't even 25 garbage lists so right. one of those was francois into eric's knights and francois just said i'm staying on this side of the board and i'm getting a 10 because i'm not coming near you because you're just going to shoot me off the table 
Eric backlined and placed his terrain open, so there was no way he could come anywhere near. Well, playing World Eaters, going no Iron Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really if he playing Iron Hands, that would have been. Really point. worried for a second. The front one was really <laughs> bad at Warhammer, and I had just like not noticed. <laughs> and there's your Canhammer team summary for a moment. I assume. Uh, Grey Knights are the next worst faction at 15 players, a 34.2% win rate, and a zero overrep. Oh. Um, Harlequins actually didn't even have enough players for me to consider them as part of the normal statistics, and they had less than 10 players, and they still only managed a 38.2% win rate and a zero overrep. Uh, Chaos Space Marines were 2.8%, 16 players, 39.3% win rate, but they did manage two top 10s, but no top 4s, so they are also a zero for overrep. And then rounding out the bottom of the pack is Necrons at... 19 players for 3.3% of the meta and a 40.5% win rate, but they did manage a top four and three top 10. So they had a 0.75 over rep ratio for the weekend. So Necron players quit whining. You're fine. So I'm really curious since the beginning of February, how many factions are below 45% you figure? Uh, below 45%. Yeah. Including Space Marine chapters or not including this? Let's include them because it actually is interesting to the discussion. Probably like 10 to 12, maybe? Yeah, 12. Okay. Grey Knights, Imperial Knights, Admech, Death Guard, Chaos Space Marines, Thousand Suns, and then (laughs) Ultramarines, Death Watch, White Scars, Raven Guard, and Imperial Fists. There's a reason why I just don't want to talk Most about Most of those aren't factions. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in tenth, they won't factions. be factions, so it's great. Uh, <laughs> and then there are five that are above the Goldilocks zone. I hate that term, but uh, Gene Sealer Cult, Dark Angels, Iron Hands, World Leaders, and Chaos Demons. Yep. Although Guard are starting to flirt very closely with that 55%. Yeah, they're at 54%. Probably. Guard players have realized that you can just submit good lists. You don't have to play weird bullshit. Yeah, You don't have. have to try to play a parking lot of artillery now. You can just play three heavy weapons teams. Yeah, you could. And Lehman Russes, and you'll have a good day. And 20 to 30 Kazakhans, and mm, ruin people's days. <laughs> yeah, the real 30 Kazakhan, 20 is coward territory. <laughs> 20 is the right number. 30 is 20 is 20 is not the right number. 20 is so far from the right number, it's 10 from the right number. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I'm trying to decide which 10 it's away. Why, why just, would you not just spend 300 points on the best unit in the Codex? I just, I don't, 30 Kazakhans. want to buy 10 more. I get it. I understand you, David. <laughs> I don't want to buy 10 more Kazakhans. <laughs> Look, I got a mechanized unit, and I got the Barbican's key unit, and I just... And then you have like an heirloom weapon squad that walks on a board edge and kills something on turn three. Sure. And then yeah. you get to do all the strats three times, and then you win every game. Fine, Ennis. I will do that. Next that's round right. yes, you of will. the TTS that's what I. That's what I'm hearing. I'm that's right. You will do that. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Nas is doing it. That's all I'm saying. That doesn't make me any more likely to do it. As much as I like Nas. You shouldn't do anything Nas is doing a year. That's not good for your uh, reputation, but... <laughs> oh, God. Love you, Nas. Uh... Nas, friend of the show. <laughs> Nas, friend of the show, friend of mine. Terrible person. Uh... Um, and then so custodians can stop whining at me about how they need buffs in the slate. 
You guys are fine. Leave it alone. You are, as for this weekend, at a 6.5% meta representation, which actually is pretty high. Mm-hmm. It is high. A 53% win rate, three top fours, five top tens, and a 1.15 over rep. You're fine. Stop posting in various channels that you hope you get like T9 bike captains, a two up, four up, and then a f- and then super transhuman for only being wounded on a five up. You can't yeah, doing they're, that. They're, they're yeah, sol- they've been solidly in the top 10 armies all season. Yes. I don't think there's been a point since the LVO before last that we haven't had custodes doing just fine. They flirted with the 49% at one point. Oh, no. That's fine. I know. Damn it. Jeremy, don't say that that way. I will say, I've never been happier than watching like a transhuman no reroles in cover warden brick just die to his shooting phase. It's so much fun. I love doing it. I also killed the bike captain with a single lance meter on Sunday, which was really funny. That's just like rude. I, I, felt, I think that guy felt disrespected. But honestly, he shouldn't have been. He was just standing in, just standing there. And I was like, well, the most, lance- disre- the most disrespectful thing, though, still recently was 10 Kasserkin killing 10 bloodletters in combat. That was still my favorite thing. And the most disrespectful thing I've done no, recently. No, the most disrespectful <laughs> thing I saw this weekend was 10 guardsmen. Killing a riptide from full. <laughs> I actually have to give that a little applause what? because that is actually so fringy <laughs> that it is funny. Did they charge it to kill it the rest of the way? Or no, shoot just shooting. It? They shot it. Oh, what? No. It turns out when you just like make this. him take three ups, he will fail enough of them. Yeah. I mean, Why and by enough of them, it means he failed, I think it was nine out of 11 three ups and then lost the rest of it to the plasma. <laughs> I came by that table and I was just like, what have you done? And the guard player was just cackling maniacally while the tau player was looking depressed. I think that that Riptide actually needs to just go into a storage closet now and never come out because oh, it yeah. is the world's unluckiest Josh. I despise how every BS4 army hits on threes nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that is a problem. Tau aren't BS4. Tau's BS is... Don't like him. Guard aren't BS4. Guard aren't BS4. They are sometimes when they're firing no, they're indirectly. Not. No, they're not. They're not <laughs> BS4. <laughs> no, they're BS5 then. Well, no, they're BS4 because plus one, minus one, four... Yeah, it's plus one to hit. I know, but you still get the minus... Never mind. <laughs> I'd like you to stop that. <laughs> if the Finial makes it to 10th, I'm just leaving. Um... I really hope no, the Finial not. doesn't survive. And I will give up my Relic Banner if the Finial dies. I'll give up Reaper of Blitterax to kill the Finial, and I need you to know that, that that's, that's like a difficult, that's, <laughs> difficult thing for me to say. That's, that's a lot, actually. I think that's like Innis parting with his firstborn to get rid of the Finial, which is saying something. How about then, I guess we talk about some meta-nonsense instead of talking about stats. What, like the, how the meta is nonsense? I mean, the meta is nonsense because every Marine player is telling me it's just fine that Desolation... I mean, we could just be reactor about 10th edition for a bit. We want to talk about 10th edition and the datasheet stuff? Just D5 Terminators! Let's talk about the datasheet and stuff. It'll be fun. Oh, I guess real quick, 
I was on Grim After Dark on Monday. Go watch it and support our friends, John and Danny. And Grim After Dark was great. It is funny. I think I've been uh, a guest on their show the mostest times, which is probably too many times. That's definitely too much exposure to John and Danny. I'm not going to lie. Um, you should check actually, to see call a garbage army. It's actually funny because um, Danny and John, when they hosted Mob Rules, was one of the podcasts that I listened to when I was first starting in 40K, essentially. So it was like them and Chapter Tactics were like the two podcasts that I listened to the most when I was starting to 40K competitively. Solid. Um, otherwise... So thank you for the well, question. I flew, I flew John Monster Munch and Crunchy Bars to LVO. So um, I, don't know, I like the guy. He's a good lot. Yep. They're both great. Well, do we want to talk about Terminator squads and how they're now T5? Everything I've seen about 10th edition has me so hyped. I am very much excited about this edition so far. Yeah, same here. So in case people I were just, aware... I just want a book to fall off a truck somewhere. Yeah, I just want them to. Sh I'm gonna just like start ordering an eighth edition, eighth edition rulebook once a month to see if they ship me an eighth one by mistake. ship you. A Actually, can you one. even buy them now? I don't yeah, actually I know. So. Let's find out. Although Games Workshop employees were supposedly telling people not to buy ninth edition codexes. Yes, they I, have I actually say, been doing. I've that. not opened mine in like at least a calendar year for the core rulebook. So. So no, just so no people... you can still buy the Warhammer 40,000 core book, so... I mean, it does have lore in it, so I suppose technically there could be reason. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so people know what we're talking about, Warhammer Community released an article today called Just How Tough Are Terminators in the New Edition of Warhammer 40,000. And so we're going to have a chat. They're pretty tough. Some pretty cool tough stuff. as well. In a, in a ninth edition context, they're pretty tough. We have no idea what this means relative to the rest of uh, 10th edition. Yeah, we've but... seen, what, three data sheets? We've seen Gaunts, Intercessors, and Terminators now? Yeah. yeah. We've so... actually not seen a weapon besides... We've not seen a weapon yet printed that would force a Terminator to take his invulnerable save across the two data sheets we've seen. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess the Power Sword. Power Sword? No, Power Sword was AP2. So, no, we've not yet seen a weapon that requires them to take a save. Better no, because they have a 4 invuln now. So, that, yeah, so exactly. that would make them to take their invuln. But there's nothing that's higher than AP2 yet. We've not this seen anything. True. But so, they only have a 2 up save. I guess, yeah, it doesn't force them to take it. Yeah, there you right, go. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Fine. Um, so, the first so yeah, big thing. Terminators, Terminators have a four now. Wow. Yeah, and they're T five. That's really cool. Um, and, and also, you know, we've seen a bunch of changes to like how weapon stuff works. So, like rapid fire is no longer just doubling shots. It's now get an extra set of shots at a certain range. So it works more like how Daka does now. Uh, which which I means think is a that really Daka goes away, and they realize that we could just make it. Didn't need it. Yeah. Rapid fire six. Hunter we don't need Hunter anymore. Yeah, because Hunter is Hunter is just type gun. Uh, it has no special rules. So well, and that's the interesting thing is that when you're looking at the data sheet, you have the storm bolter, which has the rapid fire two keyword, but then both the cyclone missile launcher and the assault cannon don't have a type next to it. Yeah, they're just type gun. It's good. It's a yeah, much better. No, it's it's great. I'm glad that they finally realized that they don't have to make everything a heavy rapid fire or whatever, and they kind of experimented a bit of that towards the tail end of ninth. And I was like, well, why do we need to have a weapon type? Just have it so it has no rules, like Hunter. Yeah. I mean, you could still leave stuff like Malefic on for demon weapons and just have them be like, no modifiers, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think broadly so far, it seems like it's been a really, really cool set of information we've been given. I really like the um, the Terminators ignore modifiers rule and they get plus one to hit against what looks to be a chosen target. Um, there is a 
really really cool core strategy in the elite or they've released the deep, is a strong word deep, for the deep strike interrupt for deep striking your opponent's turn i am like oh, i'm gonna and play so much cults i'm pretty sure that that since it's since it's listed as generic core, strategy for everybody everyone has that strategy yeah you're gonna see that strategy a lot i reckon depending yeah. on how cp work like obviously we're still working with very incomplete information right now but like we don't know how cp generation works how many cp you'll get how many stratagems you can my use. expectation for cp is that it's going to be similar to arcs It'd start be hard with six for it to be lore it could be but based on what they've said it looks like you're not spending cp on border tricks and relics anymore though because the enhancement thing is just like you get a set number per army now so your so army looks more close. like world eaters yeah. start at four cp if you buy a warlord trait and a relic yeah and if that's going away and it's just start at six now i can very much see us having a lot more cool access to these strategies but that has me hyped for like deep strike armies i'm yeah. thinking about stuff like it says you can't use it to bring down something earlier than you would be able to but does that mean you can still bring down a drop pod turn one if that's the last drop pod assault drop Probably. pod in your opponent's turn <laughs> drop pod you go second you bring down the drop pod behind a wall your opponent's turn jump out with your 10 dudes Oh no. I love it. Ten jump packless Vanguard veterans that then run at your opponent. <laughs> I mean, like that doesn't seem good, but sure. <laughs> you could do it. The new it's, part, not... it's a brave new world. Who knows what's good? Um otherwise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that, that doesn't sound very good, but <laughs> it doesn't pass the uh, the eye test, right? That's the, the colloquial term for yeah, so it they've just also doesn't sound featured... like that's gonna be great. Yeah. The other they've thing also featured... was anti abilities for weapons. Right? Yeah. Which, which is where you get like a poison or haywire, right? Yeah, yeah you but get a like, critical wound, which is a six to wound. So I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot more six uh, six to wound triggers on data sheets and stuff like that over time. So like their example on the data sheet for Terminators is the Chain Fist, which is anti-vehicle? Yeah, anti-vehicle yeah, anti three, three up. So on a wound roll of a three or more, you will wound any vehicle. Um, they did change the profile of the chain fist a bit, so it's not as good as it used to be. A lot. One of the other things that you see on this is like all of the weapons have had their AP reduced, is what it looks like. Yeah, which is a very chain good fist thing. used to be AP four, now they're AP two. Yep. Um, the other thing that you see changed a little bit is like power fists no longer have like a minus one to hit. It's just I mean, Terminators would ignore that anyway with that rule, right? So why would it bother? True. Um, well, but like, the thing is that they made it so chain fists hit on fours now. Yeah. Whereas power fists hit on threes. Mm -hmm. So they've even kind of delineated how um, how things, which is one of the things that I was really excited for when I started, when, when I found out that all of the, the weapon skill and blessing skill were going to be weapon specific. So now you have this, okay, if you can get a plus one to hit with a chain fist, you can only ever be hitting on threes. You're not going to be hitting on twos with chain fists. Something that I really enjoy doing with like my dark the, angels um... right now, but now you can't do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. You also saw like the thunder, the uh, power sword, which only the sergeant can have has an extra attack. There's no like extra bit for sergeant in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. But like we saw the intercessor data sheet, did we? No, we, yeah, we no, saw we, pieces. We saw their we saw their profile. We saw their profile. So there's their toughness four still, two wounds still. So that like stuff hasn't changed. Yeah, so we're expecting broadly. I'm expecting good things from this edition so far. Everything they've done so far seems pretty good. I love, love, love the new templating on the stratagems. Uh, it's very clear. Yeah. I, I get that it's a bit wordy, and that there's a little bit of like, yeah, you could probably condense it, but it removes so many edge cases. And as a 40k player, there's nothing I hate more than edge cases that, that don't favor me. So uh, getting rid of as all of judge, them means that there's nothing a lot I hate less more. risk. I guess one of the questions I have then is there's like an arrow symbol at the top of Rapid Ingress as well, and I wonder if they've added some pictograms to their stratagem cards as well. 
like maybe yeah, that one means that one means that you can only move triangle when you do it. Um, Stop it. I was gonna say it just meant that it happened during the movement phase. Oh no, uh, no, that one's that one just represents that uh, when you destroy terrain, you can't use that one automatically. Please uh, you stop. Have to have the <laughs> stop co but, quoting the chat GPT like spy fan fiction. Yeah, chat the, one that let, the one that lets you psychically move craters is in that category as well. So um, I will say, go ahead, Jeremy. For anyone who hasn't seen the new stratagem format, it now has a very clear delineation of when what the target is what the effect is what the restrictions on the stratagem are so it means that <laughs> there you go here we go <laughs> there is considerably less everything about this it's We're just zoom in on it's it. just cleaner what do you mean i don't have to read about how like on the th on the 31st millennium on the far battlefields of the 27th century uh this guy discovered this strategy that allowed him to punch harder it's that's um, still there. It's, it's still there. It's the not in the rules text anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to read it, but I do like this when target effect and restrictions thing. That yes. makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. I like the My, my guys mean... are definitely, I'm choosing the, it's always cunning strategy. I'm never using the other two. I'm coming in by cunning strategy. My guys are just smarter. That's why they can move faster. Yep. I'm gonna stop Actually, I think screen. Fist gets less attacks than Swords because uh, it's a Terminator squad and only the Sergeant gets a sword in the Terminator squad. Um, so it just represents the Sergeant being more attacks rather than them printing a specific Sergeant has one more, makes one more attack with his weapons, like you might see on a Sigma day issue, yeah. which I think we'll probably see as we start to see some more units. I will say um, that this has me more excited for 10th edition than I was previously. I was a little whelmed with some of the news that I had heard outside of Tyranid's models, but this has me a little bit more, it's more hyped. Not. Yeah, the I'm fact so that it's models, it's going to cost them to... so much goddamn money. It's going to make me poor, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it just, I can eat Tyranids of models if just I have message to, message right? in my store, like, I need three of the box. <laughs> I need three of everything just in case. Please, yeah. please drip feed me the Tyranids. <laughs> please just send me Tyranids, sir, please. <laughs> please, I would like to use the big Silent King bug thing to annihilate my opponents. I don't care what their armor saves are. I want to do infinite mortal wounds. And I think the only keyword that we don't really know what it does is torrent. But I kind we, of assume we've got that's torrent, just and then it. there's also um, the devastating wounds one for the. Well, the when we know one. the devastating wounds one is related to critical hits. Sure, but we don't know how it relates. Um, if you look at how Horus Heresy works, it's probably just going to be an extra AP on sixes to hit wound. Probably. Yeah. But it might be like. An additional effect on sixes or something. Yeah, there, there's a lot of wounds. We also don't damage. know what both of moment does, which is the space marine facts. We will know tomorrow. Which we will know tomorrow, Ooh. and I'm very excited for that. Yeah, because that is their um, faction ability. Yeah, so what you get for being marines, their cool thing. So I like I that they're still keeping in faction abilities because they're one of the cooler things that we got in eighth and ninth from like seventh and the previous editions, where like yeah, you had data sheet abilities, but getting a thing that just unites everything, I like. And then one thing that we did forget is that flamers now ignore cover again. Yep, which they always should have. It was really weird that they didn't. Now, my worry is, do you reckon Zinch Demon's flamers get a little hit back? No, I don't think they do. I think I, they're 100%, gonna... no, 100 percent they're going to. Oh, uh, they're they're, like, they're going to be a completely different data sheet. So, like, I'm not yeah, worried yeah. about it from a power level. Okay. I just hate that they're called flamers and they don't all hit. Um, yeah, it's fair. That's fair. That's reasonable. I'm also kind of excited to see some more about this morale system because it sounds like it might be meaningful based on like little nuggets that we've gotten from 
GWs yeah, are between previews and stuff and like that. Objective control and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they've done with morale to make it useful. I hope they bring back sweeping advance so I can just murder people's <laughs> units if they fail morale. <laughs> oh, no, that God, would be one of my favorite stories. There are some things from seventh and previous editions that need to stay dead. Oh, but it's so yeah, fun. However, invisibility rolls a two. If you get invisibility, I get stomps. I will take. I abused both gladly. <laughs> Zachary Bell has a question that we might as well just answer since we're. Is it worth them spending twenty percent of the Terminator's data sheet and a beacon token to say Terminators can use the new strat for zero P? Yeah, I think it's going thematic. It takes a direct mortal tie-in. Like Terminators have always had a teleport homework. They're in Space Hulk. They're in all this, and it says here's a thing you can do that's special. It's not a lot. It's just a nice little thing. If you forget it exists, it will impact your game very little. But it's a cool thing, and I think it's an. I think it's honestly not a bad choice. Um, yeah. It's also you, you. can definitely taunt your opponent with it by like putting it someplace. Be like, I could put Terminators within three inches of this beacon over here. You should you watch remember for this the data beacon sheet for Terminators has never been an interesting data sheet. Terminators have like Crux Terminatus and this as in combat squads as a special rule. That's it. Yeah. That's all they've got. Yeah, um, if anything, the, like been... the, the fury of the first of innate ability is actually very nice to have. So yeah. I don't view the the teleport homer bit thing as being wasted space. It's this is something that you never would have had normally, and now you get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's cool. Um, I would much rather every unit have a little thing that improves a basic thing rather than doing something wildly unique. Um, keep the wildly unique for like special characters and like unique units and things like that. Like. I'm okay with Gulliman doing something cool, but Blade Guard probably shouldn't do much that's super cool. They should just be good units with good base stats. And Terminators being similar, I don't think is a bad thing. No. I don't think it's a bad thing. They've tied some more cool stratagems to unit abilities, which is fine. And we don't know anything about like how rerolls and stuff will feature in the new edition or anything like that. So we really don't know a lot about how the context of how the Terminator data sheet fits into the rest of the edition. No, we know almost nothing. It's great. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> but everything we do know is pretty cool. And I'm probably okay with the fifth to seventh edition design sensibilities with night with eighth and ninth eighth and ninth design philosophies. So and yeah. eighth and ninth, specifically ninth rules tightness. Yeah. Exactly. Well more sigma rules tightness than anything else, right? But sure. Mm -hmm. I do hope we get to see some new Tyranid models soon, though. That's really my real I'm hope. I'm dying for them. But if they're starting faction focuses tomorrow, that probably means we're getting, like, we used to get one every, we got one every other day for um, 8th edition or 9th edition. Okay. It was one every other day, I think, and then they did, like, another article in between. So roughly, take that, there's about 25 factions in 50 days, and then pre-orders. Yeah. Could be. Could I, mean, sooner than, I think pre-orders will come sooner than that, but I hope not. I need to playable have at, to make some money. Um, it's going to be playable at Warhammer Fest, is what they were saying. It is, which right? is in three and a half weeks. Yeah, which to um, me says it's coming in May. Is what that uh, says to me. I will be at Warhammer Fest, and I will definitely uh, have my thoughts because I'm going to speed run as many of my games as possible and run through to the main hall <laughs> so that I can go and like watch people playing Ninth Tenth Edition, so I can learn it for WTC. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come back to my point and be like, all right, so my, uh, my iron hands are objective. Nope. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> they are objective controlling, but yes. it's called secured. I kind of right wish now. they'd call that stat objective secured and just call it, just get the name. But I get yeah. the confusion level might have been a bit odd there. I think renaming it is fine. Yeah, but I feel like... For exactly that secured, reason. It won't be confusing. Objective secured one, objective secured two would have been better. But sure. Just I'm as a really, naming convention. I want to see a monster data sheet as well. 
because yeah. they mentioned that vehicles and monsters might have higher than usual objective controlling stats to let monsters and vehicles be more useful for holding objectives. And I'm intrigued to see if that bears out and how that bears out for vehicles. Jake, we already ran through the strategy about five minutes ago, but uh, yeah, it was. it's a really, really cool uh, to see the updates. Yeah. Um, what I want to see is Terrans. Come on, come on, GW. Give me him, give me him. I am assuming Warhammer Fest is going to be the big Tyranid reveal, is my give assumption. Me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Let me buy them at Warhammer Fest, please. please. <laughs> Innis might die please. between now and then from, please. from from the Tyranid shake. It's been so long. <laughs> so long. Do you know when the last the last non-Tyranid, non-character Tyranid model was released? Okay, I saw that you had to You're narrow it down because you real carefully. You had to remember. Okay, we've had the Blue Door and the Parasite and Warcraft, and that's been it since seventh edition. Yeah. There was literally not a Terrible Water release for 8th edition. There's still an original Warp none. Spider model. What do you want? I don't really care, because you've just gotten new other models. Like, back the fuck off. <laughs> you just got new Tyranid models. A whole new a whole new character model. A whole new Termagon that I have to paint 300 of again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a new model. That's an obligation. <laughs> we And the Hormigot looks like it's a totally different sculpt. That's not coming in the same. That's fine because all my Tormagons, all my are broken well. at the ankles and weighed down by pennies. So, for <laughs> <So are> mine, <laughs> Brian says his Golden Throne says Golden Throne is coming with the tenth edition start set, and I will mug you for the Tyranids, Brian. Um, nice. That's fine. We know Brian's a long time Marine player. Exactly. <laughs> Brian's a long time whatever's broken player, as we all know. Um, What's wrong with all right, that? I'm going to do the plugs, and then we should take a break, and we'll come back for questions. Sounds good. I got the sheet. It's got my one brain cell on it. I wrote it down. I'll do my plug first. Go for it. Uh, go watch Grim After Dark on YouTube. It's amazing. You can find it with Grim After Dark 40K. Me, I was their guest this week on Monday. Um, they're on every Monday at like 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is like 9 p.m. Central Standard. The show's great. It's just ridiculous. That's all. Go watch it. Have fun. Learn about some orc anatomy. That seems like a trap. It, it definitely is a trap. I'm suddenly less excited about listening to the episode that, had, that carries my name. Uh. I got something to plug before Ennis does his plugs because it's fun delaying him. Um, so anyone who has their head in the ground will have not seen this, but most everyone else has. Uh, Goonhammer today announced the launch of the Unified Tournament Circuit, the UTC. Um, a complimentary tournament circuit for the northeast of the united states as well as eastern canada um we've had a little bit of work in the background alongside them talking about how to do their ranking system and their scoring system um i've been corralling the 20 or so ontario tournament organizers to get as many of their events on the calendar as possible for the launch day uh, i'm extremely excited about this um it has a transparent system for rank for for scoring points at events um rtts actually count for something now um not like hugely but you actually can get a decent number of points from rtts uh it doesn't heavily skew towards large events like basically if you go attend a 200 person event that's the most points you could possibly score so it doesn't matter if it's a 200 or a thousand person event 
so long as you do well at it, you will score a considerable number of points. And it is the points base. I've looked through the ranking, the the system, but it's basically you get points for your placings, for your wins, for your consecutive wins, for the size of the event, and for your relative percentile ranking, which is exactly what you want to. Sounds, sounds exactly like how we run the Team Scotland rankings for the past it's, decade. It, it, <laughs> the numbers actually look very similar to that. So I don't know. Take it up with Boone. Mm. <laughs> to address like Ashley's comment about the naming of it, I think the intent is to expand this beyond this initial. I was going to say, there's no way you call it a unified tournament circuit if yeah. it's staying in the northeastern it's not yeah. US. Just it's just going to be the eastern US and northeastern part, and the eastern part of it's Canada. About to be the, it's about to it's be... going to be everything, probably. Yeah. So actually. for a, a bit more context, um, and Gunnar talks about it at length in their article, but this started off as a partnership between them, Tables and Towers, and Fabricators Forge, who wanted to start off something new in the northeast of the United States. They reached out, they got a lot more people on board and involved, and this is the first year is going to be here. But there is, from my understanding, a plan to grow. It's just you don't take do everything all at once because you want to be able to grow at a reasonable pace and keep track of everything. And they, from what they've, They've, they've announced there's going to be things like prize support. There's going to be an invitational at the end of the year. So there's a lot of stuff around here that you, if you were to launch internationally immediately, you would be overwhelmed. How many events do I need to attend in the USA to get an invite? Six. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now, Anybody not necessarily six because you could score really high on like four events and still get an invite potentially. That seems really unlikely. <laughs> yeah, just win four super majors in, in in the northeastern United States. Easy enough. I only had plans to win like two, but okay. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I would definitely go up over like getting Scotland into this pretty quickly. So it seems like it's very, very expandable. Um, yeah. But yeah, you don't you don't call it something something like this without having some plans. So I look forward to seeing where Greenhammer go with this. I have a lot of trust in Greenhammer, not just because they support us, but because they've been doing good work for a long time. Uh, to see them continuing to do good yeah. work. Yeah, and they're definitely putting their money where their mouth is with this, um, in terms of like the risk taking and all of that, because they are there's there's no cost to the tournament organizers to sign up as a UTC affiliated event. Yep. It is quite simply you submit your event. And the beautiful thing about it, from what I have noticed, uh, is there's no token system like the ITC. You just submit your, you just you just make sure they know about your event, and they will do the player play. They will do the player scoring and all that for you, which you is go. real nice because tokens lately for the ITC have been a nightmare. I'm kind of excited by some of the other stuff they're talking about doing yeah. as well, like judging and stuff like yes. that, like getting a unified judge group and stuff. Those things are very exciting. It makes um, me who have been trying to train judges or starting to train judges locally so I can play in more events and still have them at like the quality that I've been doing uh, mm -hmm. is, yeah, doing that. They're also talking about doing... Um, that way i actually enjoy applying for three tokens for an event yeah uh, but yeah and it's it's one of these things where like talking about unified rulings judge judge standards guidelines terrain rules all of that sounds amazing especially going into a brand new edition mm -hmm. like the first few the first couple months of events under the utc are going to be ninth edition but after that it'll be 10th edition it'll be a whole new wild world and we're going to want to uh, adopt it uh, Zachary Bell, TO is free to use whatever terrain rules, etc. that they want. As far as I know, there is no restrictions. There are going to be recommendations for the best way to run your event, 
but they will not restrict people to only running a certain way. Hmm. Uh, but the bigger thing is, is that if you go to a UTC event, you know to expect a certain standard. And I, yeah. I can't say because I'm not entirely, I'm not, I'm not directly involved. But I would, I would expect that that standard be enforced at some level. You're not going to have, you're not going to have a UTC affiliated event that shows up with no terrain or styrofoam boxes. Unless they're really nice styrofoam boxes. <laughs> All right, uh, and they're doing everything. Um, so now I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's time to do the plugs, Ennis. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being with us so far for Stat Check, episode 38, Lord Invocantus. We're very sorry we don't have an Anthony with us this week. He is truly the only thing that keeps us together by staring at us until we start talking properly. But... We really appreciate you all being here, and I'm going to start off with the proper plugs. So first, we would love it if you checked out the other shows on the network. That's mainly End of the Matrix and XM1. XM1 should be recording this Thursday, where they'll be going over all things making Cliff a Death Watch list, uh, which will be live on Thursday at midnight GMT or 7 p.m. Eastern, probably. Um, <laughs> that sounds close. That sounds correct. Um, it, it, it'll be off by an hour. Figure it out. It'll pop up in your YouTube feed can't be that hard otherwise it'll be on like your podcast apps and the matrix has recently done finished up its breakdown of five and eight man team tournaments uh which is available as youtube content only because it does have a visual component that we recommend you follow along with so those won't be coming up on patreon feeds um or on podcast feeds but do check that out if that's something that interests you at all um this is actually page two of the thing that'll be why it's just, um <laughs> One brain cell. Uh, I did the I did the first bit, then I just launched into the other shows. But so you did so well, but I did. It was it was going so great until I realized. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with all of that said, done. What you can do to support us is a couple of things. We would love it if you could check out our Patreon, which is patreoncom check. You can for five dollars a month get access to all of our bonus content. I'll be recording tomorrow with Carl Grundy, who recently did really well at the Manchester Super Major. Um, who has been doing a very well for a long time. I'll be recording some post content with him. So that'll be coming out for patrons first on Friday, and then for everybody a week on Friday. Um, and that's the best way you can support us, the best way you can get in touch with us. There are some really awesome people in that Discord doing really awesome things. And if you want to catch all of the hot takes from us about 10th edition as they happen, it's the best place to be. Otherwise, you can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash c slash statcheck. If you want to check out the live feeds, which are, is 11 p.m. UK, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, blah, blah, times. Hey, it's Kyle in the chat. Um, so you can check that out there. Uh, that, that is where you can see all of the bonus content from the past. It's been released for everybody, all the shows. Check out End of the Matrix. Check out XM1. Uh, that's all there. Um, if you're in a position to, uh, we would love if you could check out the Patreon. Uh, if not, the YouTube is the place to be. If you could leave a like, a comment, subscription, all that, you know, the standard pluggy stuff, it helps us out a lot. We do our best to respond to everybody who is posting in the chat uh, because we love all of you guys and we're really helpful, really thankful for you all for interacting with us. Lastly, myself and Typhus do offer coaching. If you're interested in improving your game, especially with the lead up to 10th edition on the horizon, uh, we're, gonna, we're doing a lot of focus on getting better as a player rather than getting better at 9th edition specifically. Uh, if you're interested in being on board for when all of that happens, getting all the reactions and all the takes as it comes, uh, check it out. We would love to hatch you. Uh, catch you? Hatch you? Catch you. Let's definitely go catch you. It sounds better than hatch you. That seems a little... Um, 
you can check that out stat-check.com coaching or drop us an email at stat <laughs> coaching at stat-check.com uh and yes kyle i could teach you how to play tau because good lord knows brian's not doing it oh <laughs> shit <laughs> on that note we're gonna take, a, note, 10 we're gonna take a 10 minute break minute break we'll be back at five <laughs> minutes past the hour where or 15 minutes past the hour wherever you are uh, i'm gonna grab a drink and recover from some of the things i just said uh and we'll be back with questions from the patreon and questions from the super chat in the live stream uh, so if you do want to get a question on the show, make sure you're dropping it into the Discord whenever you get the chance, uh, or in the live stream if you're not. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Thank you very much. There will probably be an ad here, but it'll be seamless if you're listening to the podcast. So good luck. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for bearing with us through that break. We are now going to move on to the show questions from the Discord and from the Patreon. Uh, no, Discord and the live stream. I don't know. Those are the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Those are the same thing, but... Don't don't worry about it. Uh, it's only a horrible problem if you acknowledge that it's a problem. Mm. Let's start with some show questions. The first question is know. from McWarp, who says, "Oh God." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after listening to Brian Sleep and the folks on StatCheck, and first I discussed Manchester in some depth, in some depth, uh, definitely. I have some questions about the UK DC top cut elimination system. First, four or five old players didn't get a chance to play for the event. I understand there are time constraints that means you can't simply play nine rounds of four in a weekend. It's bad. I mean, it's bad. We don't like that. There's that. There's not a top cut that includes everybody. Unfortunately, with the limitation to seven round, with to seven players, and in the attempt to maximize event size to maximize ITC points, which is the entire point of the events. Not gonna lie, um, they don't split into multiple fights. Um, it's kind of sad. It very much changes the meta that people are playing in, uh, and I don't think everybody loves it. But it's the format we have. It's the events that we can attend. We have submitted the feedback. There are two events that run with a full top cut, where um, there's one event and one that plays eight rounds. That's all. That's what we got. Um, unfortunately, it's a use it or lose it for us. So we're using it. That's all I got. But there was a lot more to that question. Um, I'm just gonna, you know. And then the second part of that question is why are they disallowed talking about in single elimination games? It's probably to avoid accusations of the top cut not being played out properly because they want the games to be played to their completion um, for competitive integrity purposes. And when there's two games that are being actively judged and one game is being actively judged, it's a lot easier to prevent that than when there is, you know, 200 games. That's pretty much it. Yeah, makes sense. What factors go into your decision to switch factions for singles, assuming that money and hobby aren't a barrier in this case? This is from Dan... Dan, Dan's surname. I'm sorry, Dan. Dan G. Uh, Dan G, as, yep. As has been proven earlier in this episode, Innocent Anthony make me do all of my decisions, basically, by talking about yeah, that. We just gaslight Nathan until he does what we tell him to. It's basically true. <laughs> Nathan swaps whenever he feels like Dark Angels aren't good. Sometimes Jeremy also assists with this process. Yeah, for myself, I will <laughs> almost always play Dark Angels unless I have hit a wall, felt I've hit a wall with them. Uh, my proverbial Joker moment at War Masters meant I put them on the shelf for, for four Is months. That when, you, when you lost the fucking Chris. <laughs> when I moved a little too close to Centurions, realized my mistake after when he was starting his movement phase, and ah, oh, this game's over. <laughs> it's entirely fair. And I never understood how those Centurions ever successfully made a charge, but they sure did make a lot of them. Um, I'm still confused as to how. Um, for me, it's a lot about perceived strength at the time. Like, there are like five factions that I'll gladly jump between as and when. So, like, Tyranids, Cults, 
various um, like marine stuff factions, so White Scars, Iron Hands, Dark Angels, anything else I can cobble together. Um, and then like vaguely chaos stuff, like if there's a good chaos list, I'll consider it. Um, I'll bounce between those, and if there's one that's not one of those, I'll either drizz it with the best of the best of the bad batch, or I'll buy a new army. Um, that's kind of it. But a lot of it comes down to how I'm feeling about like um, Team Scotland stuff. So like, what am I playing for events for that purpose? And then how well do I want to be doing? So I played Tyranids for like a hundred straight tournament games because I just kind of was fine playing Tyranids, right? Um, but at the start of the edition, I bounced back and forth between factions almost constantly because I was trying to fight something to play into Drakari with. So very much it varies based on the current meta and how good my armies are. God, that was a miserable time. It really was. Bella, Bella Core and three playbrush crawlers was probably a low point, but <laughs> <laughs> sure did go five on one of that tournament. So <laughs> Right. Next up, we have. How do you feel the effect? What do you feel the effect is of other game system? What, what do you feel is the effect of other game systems potentially on the new edition outside of the GW space? I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to other games to really have an idea. There will definitely be design inspiration taken from all across the spectrum because I assume GW aren't insane and pay attention to what competition is doing. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of scaled down games that will be looking at their own games like Kill Team and games that will come out as response to that, games like Star Wars Legion, games like Normal Crisis Protocol that are all, you know, absolutely going from strength to strength. Um, and they'll be looking at that and be taking design inspiration because they are a company in the space. I don't think that's yeah, a bad thing, stupid. but I don't really know any specifics. Like, I don't think we're getting alternating activations. Um, I don't think we're getting random activations, things like that. Like, I can't see that. But streamlining things like the, the command phase, like taking phases out of the game and putting powers back onto just like when you when they feel natural makes sense. They come, but that comes from a lot of other spaces. Like that's kind of like uh, like Star Wars Legion to some extent, where force powers are just a thing you do during your turn. So I don't know. I, it's hard to be like specifics because I don't play a wide enough range of other games. Um, but they're, they're they're not not having an impact. And they definitely are cannibalizing their own game system quite heavily. Their own game systems quite heavily. I don't feel like cannibalizing is the right word, but using them as test beds is probably yeah. more accurate. Like yeah. we saw a lot of that with AOS second to third edition, Kill Team first to second edition, or We're 2018 to current version. Mm -hmm. They're adding some stuff that works. The data cards are, I think, an example of that, and like the streamlined data sheets. Yeah, for sure. I'm very much, uh, very much happy with all mm -hmm. of the changes that they've pre show previewed so far. Will there be a data slate live react now on Thursday? Whenever the data slate comes out, there will be an episode within twelve-ish hours, depending on whether what we can get together. Um, <laughs> the only issue may be if it's next Thursday. Uh, Anthony will be in Austria, and I will be on my way to Austria. So um, we'll see what happens. Jeremy, the two we'll definitely us. see what the other people can do. We'll get class. Uh, and if I'm exactly. free, if I'm free, I'll be there. If not, it'll be other people. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Penny if he's open. Yeah, exactly. There'll be there'll be something. Um, yeah, there'll so be something. Ernest, how does it feel to be embracing the Forearm Emperor again? What are you most excited to try? I uh, dead ass submitted my Coventry list again. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, my my list is literally called Tropical Gaslighting. So, oh, God. <laughs> so uh, I have refused to learn anything. I made like the minorest of tweaks for the new points changes. Um, like I got in some extra icons and I have 
16 Webbers and four Web pistols. That's that's it. I was like, nope, my Coventry list worked. I'm sticking with it. I refuse to try trucks. They're not real. You can't make me. Um, despite owning all of the all of the stuff for that list, I was like, nah. I got practice on this. I know what I'm doing. Um, I am most excited to shoot people with a Calamorph again. I love that guy. With Wormtooth rounds, obviously you can. Like I, that's my that's what I hate about the truck list. He doesn't have Wormtooth rounds. Mm. How many Desolation Squads at Alpine? I actually have no idea. I didn't really look into it that hard because I'm choosing to put my fingers in my ears and not acknowledge they exist because pairings is a thing and I will never have to play against a Desolation Marine with any expectation of points. So, Who's doing pairings is an important question. Not me. <laughs> it's going to be the first time I've ever been to a team event since 8th edition that I've not done pairings. So I'm looking oh, wow. forward to it. Yeah. The, uh, the side effects of being the captain. Not all the truck lists have um, Worms with uh, Elias. Um, I don't believe the one that Eric was running for his event last weekend had it. Uh, what's the worst date you've ever been on? Cool, moving on. Um, <laughs> I actually haven't uh, been on that many epically bad dates, to be honest. Yeah, I think but the worst some, like, one is... Like some casually like not great dates, like whatever. Go to a movie, get dinner, go home. It's nothing special. Sorry. Probably most uninteresting was watching the Iron Giant and making out. I mean, that's as dates go fairly interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. but like, if that's the worst that you've been on, that's you know not not I've pretty been, bad. I've been fairly lucky when it comes to partners and dates. <laughs> that makes sense. How is everyone going to spend the last few months of ninth? Painting Marines mostly. Yeah. I really need to figure out how to stop the black scraping off. I, I really need to just like figure out how gloss varnish works because all the black chitin on my turn is scraped off and they all look like crap now because they keep getting stored. Um, so mm. I really need to like repaint some of my nids and like learn to gloss varnish bottles because I've never done it before. Um, so I because I want my nids to look good, but my nids are like in a. The last time I finished painting a turreted model was for Manchester last year. Oh wow! So I, I, I everything else has just been kind of like most like painted the red, painted the black on the carapace, and then never went back into the blue, or like the eyes or anything like that. So they're all kind of like 30% done. Um, so I have a lot, of, if I wanted to pick my nits up to playable, the last thing I finished painting was my harpies uh, for Crusher Stampede. So You're just reminding me that I have to go fix a harpy, and I need to satin varnish everybody also, so that there's... Matty properly. broke the spine off of one of my harpies, and I don't know where it is. And that's not an easy part to replace. So... You just make it battle damage and be done with it. I could, but it looks really shit. <laughs> Um, for me, um, the I've got a couple events I'm going to be running, a couple events I'm going to be going to, and we're pretty sure that we're wrapping out ninth edition with a 24 team team event. I want to try and hit 300 games in ninth edition at tournaments. I'm at 235 I'm... just now. I reckon I can do it. Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know if I will, yeah. but I want to. I want to set the aspiration. I actually don't have any events booked after. Uh, I have an, I have a GT I'm running and playing in the in middle middle of May. And I don't actually have anything until like a team event in July, so maybe not. But yeah, I have 284 games of ninth recorded. 284 wow. games. How many tournament? How many tournament games? Uh, 49 events. You have one event more than me. One event more, yeah. So I, I'm doing an article right now for my 50th because uh, I had my 50th event, 235 event games. So I'll be posting up uh, posting up an article in the next week or so, going nice. through some of the stats for that. Jeremy, you should you should definitely do the same. Do it. I guess my really only good. other goal for the rest of ninth is to win both phases of this competitive league, provided tenth doesn't come out in the middle of it. You make me sad. 
You Are you including TTS that. in that, Jeremy, or is that just physical events? I don't count TTS games. Yeah, in no, my me own. neither. I was curious. No, I uh, phone app annoying to do one playing on TTS, so I just don't bother. That's fair. I and have also, like they're not real. I don't actually have all my games recorded on TTBA. They're just in a spreadsheet. I only use TTA occasionally, so I don't I, have all my stats. Unfortunately, I track everything, which is great when it comes to looking back on secondaries and realizing when I was on a street. How many games did you say? You, how many games did you say you had? 284 with 49 events yeah they're not all event games yeah no you don't play a lot of practice games do you no i don't <laughs> well, no, i really don't because i'm at 235 <laughs> event games with 50 events so like the the gap there is like 50 and i'm like i put that's not a lot of the practice games over three years of an edition uh, i can actually check right now if i just sort by tournament 196 tournament games that's right so a lot of RETs in there then yeah yeah uh i think that uh Probably about half my events are RTTs. That's fair. I got to ask the other one for the one follow question. What's your tournament game win streak? Do you know? Uh, my best win streak? Yeah. For tournaments, Over, 10. Only in tournament games. 10. 10. That's pretty good. Nathan, any idea? I am defeated at every single event that I've been to at one phase That's or another. Fair. I need to add the one that I've like won. So I guess well. my longest one is five because I won around GT. There you go. That's fair. Plus, you may have like won someone. On the other end of that, so it could be longer. Exactly. That's how I. That's I, how I got mine. It's just unlike like you go from like a loss at one to one, like four or five events later. But unlike these two, I play most of my events, my most of my games on TTS as well, and so I count those as real forty k games. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, and then uh, my longest streak, including practice games, is nineteen. Well, that's good. So my my event streak is twenty four, which I recently got. Yeah. Man, in practice, mine is probably closer to that number in practice, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was speaking to uh, Mike Porter la last April, like 20, April 2022, um, about his his win streak, and he was like, yeah, so me and Matt Roberts from the England team were comparing ours, and they were at 15, 49 and 51 event win, event game wins in a row, respectively, at one point. I was like, oh, ways to go, man. <laughs> there are some people that just don't lose games. It's incredible. Yeah. They also like you pad those stats by like RTTs and small GTs and things like that. Like, you can there are like you inflate that stat pretty high if you really wanted to, like avoiding big events, but it's kind of mental how much you can win 40k, isn't it? Right, we got a few more questions. Uh, how is the new 40k going to potentially affect stat check if it contains lists, etc.? Directed mainly to Jeremy. Honestly, don't know. Um you need it, to see the architecture right first before we know. Yeah, it, it, and it all depends if events are also run through the app. Because if events aren't run through the app and they continue using BCP, nothing changes. Yep. I have a feeling that it's going to continue to be run through BCP based on some inklings and hearsay that the 40k app doesn't do pairings. <laughs> well, that would make it really useful for running tournaments. Yep. War of the North American Stalls on UTC announcement today. We covered that earlier. Uh, that's not a question, Preston. Um, <laughs> as someone going through my first edition change, what are some things I could do to keep the competitive focus to keep the competitive focus on ninth events I'm attending, knowing that a new edition of rules is imminent? Skills are transferable. Most of them are transferable from edition to edition. You're not going to get worse at moving models, making decisions, taking risks. Like these are the things that make you good at four K. At the end of the day, knowing the specifics of mechanics is what makes you good in edition. Knowing how to, you know take an appropriate risk, how to avoid taking damage back, all these kind of things are things that you are just going to be good at. 
play the game. You've been enjoying ninth edition for long enough that you're going to be able to keep up the momentum for another couple of months if you don't stop. If you stop now and you're like, I'll just take a break and then you try to go back, yeah, you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna go to like that one last RDT. But you keep it up, like what else are you gonna do with your time? I don't think we do yeah. anything else. <laughs> if you're just looking to have fun. Exactly. Um Anthony blink twice if damage spills over in tenth edition. I that's a that's a big thing that Anthony's been damage. threatening people with. I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> that would be I think fun. Anthony's just been enjoying playing AOS too much the last little while with his bloodthirster list, where it's just funny you fail three saves and lose nine models. Um so I I I I don't foresee damage spill becoming the norm in 40k. I don't want to do things. I hate yeah, it on, on like Actually, no. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing to do bad with it. Like it's like the, the flail of the unforgiven, the plague ring stratagem, and magna rails. Like grow up, it'll be fine. Yeah, plague flail on the great unclean one as well. I think. Sure, I've never, literally, never played against one of those. Yeah, yeah I've only ever seen it at a teams event. I'm going to take a break from having fun because there's slightly different fun coming in two months. You're not going to stop. We're all addicted. You're we watching are. this show because you're addicted to 40k in some capacity. <laughs> you, you can also change your hobby to be something slightly different. If you do just want to take a break before diving deep into 10th edition, like paint some yeah. models. Like the month before it comes funny. out, if I don't have an event plan, I'm probably going to play a bit more Legion than I would normally would. That's yeah. like the man. But that's going to be like the like the, the dying embers of the edition. When I've done like the last GT I'm going to and I know my next event's 10th, I'm probably going to chill out for a bit. But that'll be it. Like we're at least two months away. Go and play the game you love. Yep. Or paint models. Um, Statue GT when? We just uh, had static, one. We're running I mean, a we statue. Theoretically, right we can theoretically name any event any of us run the Statue GT. Um, yeah, like all, all its dust was a was a stat check run GT. GT. I'm t I'm yeah. technically going to say that my one in May is sponsored by Stat Check, even though we're, I'm going to do nothing to require that make that happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the capital clash that it, uh, I will be running alongside friend of the show Dan Morris and Nick Blackburn at the end of July, where we're handing out four golden tickets, is going to be essentially a static affiliated event. I can't believe Canada gets so many golden tickets. Do you have this many good players? So, in Ottawa, <laughs> Ottawa, we have thirteen <laughs> tickets being handed out. There aren't thirteen good players in Canada. There aren't eight. Like I've seen your teams. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Innes is just like hamming out on. I wanted to say something, but actually, the, the top eight kind of selected themselves this year. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <sighs> God. All right, let's keep going. Damn. Uh, what's your favorite species of egg for consumption? Um, chicken. I like duck eggs a lot, they're real good. Or yolk. Yolk's best part of egg. Definitely chicken. Yolk yeah, is Valentin, definitely the worst part of chicken. Uh, you have the great point. Let's be honest. We'll all be reading 10th rules as soon as the first games are played at the end of the Oh, game. yeah. 100%. I'm going to come out of Warhammer Fest and I'm going to be like live streaming immediately. Like, let's talk 10th, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, got to, I've got to break it by fucking the middle of August. It's so little time. Sooner than that. You have to break it by like the middle of July to get yeah, your list. Yeah, no, I know. I might get to play a tournament before then. <sighs> Right. Do we have any questions very quickly from the Discord, from the live chat? Yes, we do. Call Shensi says, Hi, SC. 
Do you feel like SC? I don't know if I like that. Um, do you really feel armies that are medi mediocre, such as Dark Eldar, Imperial Knights, and Death Guard don't need changes, even though they're a big handicap that we need to major? I don't think Imperial Knights need changes. I think Imperial Knight players just suck, and the meta is really hostile to them, and everybody getting worse will beat Imperial Knights better. Dark Eldar probably need Dark better stuff. Dark Eldar are fine. Dark Eldar are fine. Like, yeah, you probably need to be really good to win a major with them, but the meta is very hostile to them as well. And yeah, Death Guard just. I don't know what you do with that card, man. That army just fundamentally doesn't work. It's just not good. But both of those <laughs> event, both those armies have won an event in Arcs of Omen. Put there core back on pain engines. No, do it, you um, cowards. Do not do that. No, uh, do take it, core off cowards. of Arcs, actually. Cadbury is not a species of egg, Seth. Um, I wish it was. I mean, I did just see a recipe for deep fried Cadbury cream eggs, and that actually sounds. It's not a. It's not a recipe, buddy. I don't know how to explain well, to you, you that that's. <laughs> There is like a batter that you prepare. It's, a, it's not a recipe. It's a life choice that you've made. <laughs> no, no, it's no. Not that's a, it's not a recipe. That's a bells. problem. <laughs> that Yes, that does indicate that we need to have an intervention of sorts. Um, I think that's indicating that we need to end the fucking show. But, uh... We have one last question, which is like um, a sister's question. And I need to find it again. Valorous Heart or Bloody Rose? Bloody Rose every day of the week. Agreed. Like, if you're going to hit really sad, you might as well hit slightly harder. <laughs> if you're going to be sad while punching, you might as well be slightly less sad while punching. <sighs> I think that'll do us. It'll, yeah. It'll be pretty nice to have a slightly shorter show after the monoliths we put out for the past few months. Yeah. Save We're trying to end time. on time today. Exactly. Jeremy earning that paycheck. And yes, Gold to Shan, it was on uh, B. Dylan Hollis's uh, oh, short the speed. One the guy who does the TikTok oh, yeah. videos. Of I'll do one last thing. From like I'll the do... 50s and stuff like oh, that. Oh, there's one last question outside of the thread in Discord. Great. That's their problem, not mine. Eloizel, <laughs> learn to use the thread. Oh, no, it's not Eloizel did. It was, it was Ethan. <laughs> Are you all excited all about the new high fleets to GWTs? Yeah, because they're going to have new... They're going to give us more options for detachments to use. That's what you got to be thinking. I'm definitely going to repaint all 3,000 points of Tyranids I have painted <laughs> to a new scheme. You've got 300 new Gaunts to paint. Yeah, but I'm just... I bought five pots of Martian Iron Earth so that I could do the crackle paint still because they said that they were going to stop making it briefly. It was one of the two, either Iron Earth or Iron Crust, and is the one. I that painted I three Demacarons and Behemoth. I'm never painting in any other scheme. Those models are never getting redone. <laughs> I'm not going back and repainting this army. I'm just going to keep painting them and like tuning the scheme that I paint right now. I have I'm not eight hive tyrants in this scheme, man. Like you, you can't make me. <laughs> There's the um, you can't. I have make me. <laughs> I have one last one last one to quickly touch on. Um, Capri's cream egg are significantly worse than the caramel versions. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.